This is the Halloween week, and so I want to wish you a happy Halloween. It is one of my favorite um, holidays, definitely. Time to dress up and have some fun and uh, give out some candy and maybe get some candy and go to parties and celebrate. Uh, that's the tradition, and it's lovely. So... Now, the question is, right, it's uh, also a scary Halloween time because you can scare people with different costumes and, and you can go to scary houses and go on a tour, which is kind of fun and, and unnerving at the same time. I don't particularly enjoy them. <laughs> Maybe if I kind of know what to expect, um, yeah, it, it can be scary. They do a great job at uh, scaring you in those places. <laughs> so if you know of one and you're brave enough to go in, um, I'd go in, but I mean, I have to find some something cool. What I wanted to say is, you know, what's up with all this talk with AI speaking of scary, right? Is it scary? Is it really going to happen? Is something happening? that's gonna go you know within six months and and take over the world and take over everybody um there's a lot of talk about this so i'm gonna tackle this uh, ai stuff today and i have a mystery interview with a mystery guest which is very fitting for halloween so thanks for tuning in here we go and speaking of scary, I will also talk about a new series that I just finished watching uh, that is riveting, interesting, kind of uh, edge of your seat and based on a true story. So um, it actually tells the history of a, a very well-known company and how it came into being and what trials and tribulations it took to take it to where it is today. So um, very interesting. So I will be telling you my dibs on that as well. Okie doke. If this was taking place in the Middle Ages and these guys were fighting for land or power or some type of riches and they would be these knights dressed in armor on horses fighting each other some of the scenes in the boardrooms and offices are just like that. Only they're dressed in today's clothing, you know, <laughs> suits and things. And, and they face one another. And it's intense. And it's really well directed. Um, very impressive. Very impressive to encapsulate such a journey. Uh, there is a lot of admirable things about it in terms of the actual journey, when you think about it. At the same time, there is a lot, <laughs> a lot to unpack there. And there is uh, some frightening stuff to unpack as well, really, when you think about it. Except they're using words and strategy instead of weapons. What I'm talking about here is a show that's um, on Netflix that I recently uh, finished watching. And I will 
Tell you more about it on the Food for Thought Sunday segment. Hello, hello, hello. This is Mirella Kale, your location gal. And you're on my podcast, Fire Chat with Mirella, pop culture and real estate tips and hacks. So welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing. Don't forget to do that. Hit that little button so you don't, or the plus sign on Apple Music, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to do that so you don't miss any future episodes. And I'm also available now on Audible and Amazon Music, in addition to the other platforms like Spotify. Um, So, uh, yes, please do. Thank you so much for listening again and tuning in. So today I will be talking about, um, let's see, the market. I will let you know what's going on kind of in a snapshot of different counties here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, The inventory is still low. We have um, activity on the market and at the same time, you know, apprehension from the side of some of the buyers. And at the same time, it's a good opportunity to kind of slide in there. So anyways, I'll talk more about it in the section about the market. And I will be talking about AI today. AI is huge because people are not quite sure how to deal with it. Um, so I'll be talking about that. I have attended um, a great panel recently with all the top uh, top minds and top uh, you know action oriented actually individuals that are in the forefront of development and of AI here in the Bay Area. And um, it's fascinating what's happening. And so I'll let you know, uh, are we all gonna be replaced by AI anytime soon? That will be answered in that section of Food for Thought Sunday. Thanks for signing on and hang on to your coattails. Wait, my coattails. Here we go, spinning off. I have a special mystery guest that will share some insights for us today um, on the Food for Thought Sunday segment. So I'm excited to share this with you. This is Fire Chat with Marilla podcast, life and real estate tips and hacks to share with you because it's about life until it's about real estate. Grab a tea, coffee, or hot chocolate, and let's chat. How is the market? Hot real estate news, pro tips, interviews, insights, and fan facts for balance and empowerment, including mindfulness meditation and food for thought Sundays. And do subscribe to Fire Chat with Marilla podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Now it's time for hidden gems. Hidden gems are properties that I find interesting and cool for a number of reasons. It could be architectural details, it could be location, it could be what a great deal they are in addition to, and mostly it's because they offer a wonderful lifestyle. 
and it, they could match different um, different lifestyles. It depends on what they offer, right? And they vary in price and they can be located anywhere in the Bay Area. Uh, they could be in the suburbs. Um, they could be um, in the city in San Francisco, you know, it could be a condominium in the city or a single family home, it could be new construction. It could be out in Pleasanton in the East Bay, it could be South Bay in San Jose or Los Garros. It could be in Marin County, like South Salido. It could be um, in Napa Valley, you know, it could be an estate in Napa. It could also be uh, a beautiful property right on the ocean with incredible views uh, in Carmel or Monterey or Pacific Grove. So these properties will be all over the Bay Area and if you're interested in touring or learning more about them, let me know um, and drop me a note at relocationgal at gmail.com and I'll be happy to give you more information. Also, I provide links on my social media to these so you can learn more from there as well. And as always, if you need anything to reach out, you can also schedule a call with me on calendly.com slash relocation gal. All right, let's go on the tour now. Okay, I have to talk about this hidden gem because it happens to be in one of my absolutely favorite places here in Silicon Valley. And believe me, I'm not the only one who likes this place because it's really popular and it's called Santana Row. And it's like the entertainment hub for everything from restaurants to the movie theater to, you know, different shops and um, just fun entertainment um, all the time, live music, a farmer's market, the best coffee, pastries, um, you know, all kinds of venues are here. And it's just the heartbeat of Silicon Valley, I would say. So these properties don't come on often. So this is a good opportunity to grab one. This hidden gem is actually in Santana Row. And it just had a price drop. Oh my gosh, right? It is perfect for, you know, if you want to just have a place on Santana Row and come visit, this could be a great uh, place to have. And um, yeah, so it's in the heart of Santana Row. It, um, I'm going to read the description here from uh, this property. Welcome to Santana Row, the rodeo drive of the Bay Area. It is the rodeo drive. Definitely. This stunning loft condo offers a spacious 1,100 or so square foot of modern square feet of modern living space with 1.5 tastefully designed bathrooms. It perfectly combines style and functionality. Uh, it has a one bedroom as well and um, recently renovated with a light touch. This condo showcases a fresh and temp contemporary atmosphere. Step inside to discover a thoughtfully remodeled interior featuring sleek finishes and an open floor plan that maximizes natural light. 
The entire space has been freshly painted, creating a clean and inviting ambience. Whether you're entertaining guests or enjoying a quiet evening, this condo provides the ideal backdrop for a sophisticated urban lifestyle. Immerse yourself in the vibrant energy of Santana Row while indulging in the comforts of this remarkable loft. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better. And of description. Uh, this does include an HOA fee of $650. That's quoted here uh, because this is a condominium. And um, you have so many amenities here, just, uh, you know, and what's included is garage, you know, garage parking, you have an assigned space and um, all kinds of stuff. So anyways, if you want any more information, you want to tour this property, drop me a note at relocationgal at gmail.com. And you can also consult with your realtor when you're working with one. And they should be able to locate this property for you. Already then, moving on to the next segment. Okay, so how is the market? I'm going to look at a few counties here just to take a look, kind of a snapshot. So the inventory really seems to be kind of hovering around the same numbers. Um, for Santa Clara County, the entire inventory that we can see uh, in MLS listings is 1,287, and that includes townhomes and also, um, well, condominiums and townhomes, we call them, right? And also, um, that is inclusive of the... Uh, properties that are not yet on the market so if okay let's see what chunk of those we have 196 of those are the ones that are not on the market open market yet and you you won't find them on online for example yet right but a lot of them are available to be shown uh, roughly one third of those so if you're looking for something specific, you know, uh, check with your realtor. And if you have questions, you can reach out and ask me at relocationgal at gmail.com. And if you want any specific information or valuation for your home, you can schedule a call with me on calendly.com slash relocationgal. If you'd like, and also first check with your realtor if you're working with one. Okay, so... Uh, this was Santa Clara County, uh, hot off the press right now. And I'm going to look at a couple of other counties just to give you an idea. So let's see. Let's take a look at San Francisco City, for example, the city of San Francisco. So for the city of San Francisco, and this includes, again, all you know, condominiums and townhomes in this case. We have about 1,300 properties, so 1,321. Out of those, 100, 106 are not yet on the market, and most of those are available to be shown. However, again, you won't find them on the open market. So it's really critical that you form your team, right? So you have your realtor, lender, and you're comfortable with them, and they are really helping boots on the ground 
to be your fillers out there and to give you the best deal, the best possible situation that you can be in. So this is what we offer here uh, for you. So in any case, if you need any help, do reach out. Um, but yeah, it's important to know these distinctions because you you know looking is fine, but you can be stuck in this loop of looking if you're don't not sure what to find and uh you know the situation is a little bit unique right now because uh even though the rates have been notoriously high as we know comparatively if you compare the last couple of years even though historically actually over many many years these are not the highest rates by any means uh still of course they make a difference right and so the the unique situation is that we have a huge demand because the inventory is low. And if those rates should change, then we'll have potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of people joining the market again as buyers. So the demand will be even higher. And what that would typically do is push the prices even higher. And they've been pretty steady, you know, yes, the, we've seen some decreases, but um, you know, for the most part, the properties are going pretty quickly and there's still huge demand, but there is more room for negotiation at the same time. So it is actually a good time to slip in there if you're going to be in the house for, you know, a, a few years and, um, you know, just get your foot in the door, so to speak, when you can. Okay, so um, let's take a look at... I was going to look at Alameda County also. So, let's see, where is Alameda County? Alameda County, all active properties. So, 1,462. And out of those, we have 107 properties that are not yet on the market. Um, in Alameda County... Uh, Quite a few of these are not ready to go on the market yet, or not ready to be shown, sorry. Um, but still, some of them you can. So again, you know, it just depends what you're looking for. And um, let's see what else I was going to look at. Let's see. So those are, you know, those are the major ones that I wanted to take a look at today. And maybe, let's see, one more. Let's see, I have another county here that I usually look at, and that is San Mateo County. Okay, so San Mateo County, 805 properties total, and uh, that's including condos and townhomes. 88 of those are not yet on the open market, and about half of those are ready to be shown already. So... Again, you know, it depends on the price range, what your criteria uh, is, what you're really looking for. So again, if you have any questions, reach out to me at relocationgal at gmail.com. AI and generative AI. Those are the things of the future that are happening now. And a lot of it is going on. A lot of it is going on right now in terms of how it's going to affect just about every industry out there 
in a big way now that it's totally in the forefront and a lot of companies are investing in it, bidding on it, you know, doing development um, and hiring professionals to take care of um, adaptation of businesses into the new era of AI. Okay, so I'm sure you've heard these terms tossed around. AI, open AI, chat GPT, generative AI, all this stuff that we hear all the time right now. So I'm going to do a little kind of a glossary of terms and explain some of these things, uh, you know, as they're explained here through Wikipedia. So artificial intelligence, AI, is the intelligence of machines or software as opposed to the intelligence of humans or animals. It is also the field of study in computer science that develops and studies intelligent machines. AI may also refer to the machines themselves. AI technology is widely used. They continue throughout industry, government, and science. Some high-profile applications are advanced web search engines, e.g. Google Search, Recommendation systems used by YouTube, Amazon, and Netflix. Understanding human speech, such as Siri and Alexa. Self-driving cars, e.g. Waymo. Generative or creative tools, chat GPT and AI art. And competing at the highest level in strategic games, such as chess and Go. They continue here in Wikipedia. Artificial intelligence was founded as an academic discipline in 1956. The field went through multiple cycles of optimism, followed by disappointment and loss of funding. But after 2012, when deep learning surpassed all previous AI techniques, there was a vast increase in funding and interest. They continue. The various subfields of AI research are centered around particular goals and the use of particular tools. The traditional goals of AI research include reasoning, knowledge representation, planning, learning, natural language processing, perception, and support for robotics, general intelligence, the ability to solve an arbitrary problem is among the field's long-term goals. They continue to solve these problems. AI researchers have adapted and integrated a wide range of problem-solving techniques, including search and mathematical optimization, formal logic, artificial neural networks, and methods based on statistics, operations research, and economics. AI also draws upon psychology, linguistics, philosophy, neuroscience, and many other fields. So there you go. This is actually a very good um, little gist of it right here uh, from Wikipedia. Okay, so hopefully this kind of uh, sheds a light a little bit on there. And again, um, I would suggest, you know, tap into anything new that you see that you can jump on and learn more about and how you can adapt it to your life. Because it's been around, as you can see, we've been using it already. So this is not completely new. It's just become more open to everyone, hence open AI. And, 
you know, there are many programs out there that, that do, um, you know, like illustrations and you can do art and all kinds of things are coming out, you know, right now. So alongside of this and it's fascinating, it's cool. So, um, try to look at it that way, you know, other than something intrusive, that's going to change things. Uh, it will change things for the better and it's supposed to be here to help us. And it's going to be up to us to be responsible and use it correctly and, you know, figure out all the other issues, the privacy rights and and all that stuff. You know, that's going to all come along because people are really um, looking at it in a responsible light. And hopefully this will be done quickly and effectively for everyone. There is a lot of talk about regulating AI and how it's used, uh, specifically things like ChatGPT, generative AI, and people are looking at regulating it and forming some type of a regulatory agency from the government um, to oversee it. At the same time, you know, all the big companies that are involved in the development of AI specifically. Uh, may want to somehow, you know, control it. So hopefully when you're hearing or seeing things about this, um, you know, read up on it and see, because we definitely have to be aware of how uh, this will be introduced into society and how it's supposed to be done. So it's to the benefit of everyone and that it remains free and open, so to speak. And not closed off to, you know, the general population, so to speak. So everyone can actually access it and, and use it in the best possible way. Um, so let's hope that this is where it's headed and um, it will be a, a positive direction. Okay, I have a little update that I wanted to include here in a new segment that I will be attaching to this episode because um, I forgot to mention what Elon Musk has been saying uh, along with other tech leaders for quite a while, you know, with the warnings around AI. And today, actually, I saw a new article uh, in CNBC or on online on CNBC and it says, Elon Musk says AI will eventually create a situation where, get this, quote, no job is needed, end of quote. Okay. Um, that is, you know, e even, even if he's saying that, that's definitely not around the corner. However, this, this was published just uh, yesterday, November 2nd, and it's updated, it was updated Five hours ago, it says. Yeah, five hours ago. And right now it's Friday afternoon. So in any case, this is by Ryan Brown. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's reporting basically from London because they had a big summit there, it looks like. So uh, he was, uh, it says here that he was speaking, uh, Elon was speaking in a conversation with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, tech billionaire uh, Elon Musk said, it says here that AI will have the potential to become, get this, 
the most disruptive force in history. That's a direct quote from him. And that's definitely the case. I mean, this, you know, AI thing is, is revolutionary. This is nothing small. It's definitely huge. There are huge players involved. And so we always have to keep that in mind that um, they must have a strategy around it as well, right? So he also, it says here, Musk has on multiple occasions warned of the threats AI poses to humanity in general, most recently urging for a pause to development of AI more advanced than open AIs, GPT-4, which is like the latest version of ChatGPT. Um, and... Let's see what else. So this is, this this summit here is uh, the AI Safety Summit uh, 2023. And it's, it was held at Bletchley Park in Bletchley, UK on Wednesday, actually, this week. So uh, let's see what else he said here. This is from London. Elon Musk thinks that, that artificial intelligence could eventually put everyone out of a job. And they continue. The billionaire technology leader, who is CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, and CTO and executive chairman of X, formerly known as Twitter, of course, and owner of the newly formed AI startup XAI, said late Thursday that AI will have the potential to become the most disruptive force in history. And he says, again, that we will have something that is for the first time smarter than the smartest human. That's according to him. Um, and he said that uh, at an event at Lancaster House, an official UK government residence. So this is, you know, uh, pretty serious stuff, right? Um, the good news is that the big superpowers are talking about this right now. And this was the, the primary reason they wanted to do this summit, it looks like. And so, um, yeah, the history is that he's been, you know, warning about it. Even the late Stephen Hawking was talking about this before he had passed away. So, I mean, it's been uh, tossed around for a while now. And uh, let's see. So, Musk... It continues here, has on multiple occasions warned about threats that AI poses to humanity, having once said it could be more dangerous than nuclear weapons. He was one of numerous tech leaders who urged for a pause to develop development of AI, more advanced than OpenAI's ChatGPT GPT-4 software in a widely cited open letter that was released earlier this year. That's true. Right, end of quote. Other tech leaders disagree with that view, however, including Palantir's boss, Alex Karp. Speaking to BBC Radio in June, they continue. Karp said that said he is of the view that many of the people asking for a pause are asking for a pause because they don't have, they have no product. Okay, see, there is that competitive spirit talking. Um, and um, yeah, so... They continue here. Musk's comments Thursday follow the conclusion of a landmark summit at Bletchley Park, England, where world leaders agreed to a global communique on AI, 
that saw them find common ground on the risks the technology poses to humanity. So, end of quote. So, that is the important thing. And let's see. So, uh, there we go. Let's see. These two paragraphs are also uh, important. Technologists and political leaders used the summit to warn of the existential threats that AI poses, focusing on some of the possible doomsday scenarios that could be formed with the invention of a hypothetical superintelligence. And they continue, the summit saw the US and China, two countries clashing the most tensely over technology, agree to find global consensus on how to tackle some of the more complex questions around AI, including how to develop it safely and regulate it, end of quote. So, yeah, the good news is they agreed on this. Uh, and yeah, it's still, they're going to be discovering what what's going on here. So definitely... Keep an eye on what's what's new. I have a newsletter that you can sign up for. It's on my social media, so you can find a link there. And you'll get a freebie list of uh, prompt ideas if you sign up, if you want to stay plugged in. <laughs> All right. for Thought Sunday starts now. You guys, you won't believe who I have with me t here today. So I came by the Google campus because I want to see the new store and I ran into Catherine, who is the super duper, you know, smart person who is working on AI. Can you believe it? So, uh, Catherine, I'm Morella Kale, by the way. Um, uh, I have a podcast called Fire Chat with Morella. Nice to meet you officially. We've been chatting here for a while. So I was curious, Catherine, if you don't mind telling me, like, what do you think about AI in general? And what, like, what is your take? Where are you guys taking AI right now? I think that AI has some real benef potential benefits to society. And I think that it's um, positioned to really um, revolutionize a lot of the the things that we're doing and the ways that we live and the devices that we um, that we use on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but I do think it has some real risks associated with it. Like all internet technology, all new technology comes with the potential to do real harms to various parts of society and those harms should be taken very seriously. I'm much more concerned about the harms, particularly to people who are underrepresented right now, um, as opposed to concerned about existential harms. I'm less worried about Terminator robots and more worried about, say, what's going on in our criminal justice system. Exactly. Yeah, wow. That was very well put. And so what do you think in terms of job creation and job replacement? Like, you know, are we going to be able to catch up and train people and retrain them, let's say, in some of the, you know, because people say, well, don't worry about it. There's going to be other jobs. There are going to be other jobs and, you know, other things. Uh, and I've seen like community colleges already doing programs and things like that. Is there something that, you know, for example, that the big companies are doing maybe to uh, jumpstart something like this to help uh, the communities to transition, you know, because it potentially it will be with the speed that this is going. This is what we're hearing. Right. I mean, I'm not an expert on all of the programs that, 
that Google has, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to learn that, that they, they do have, have, have them. Pro- pro- yeah, programs that are that are sure. I'm that sorry, right I don't mean to put you on no, spot. No, 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 no. But I'm just no. curious, you know, um, if that's I, happening. I think it is a real issue, right? Um, we are creating um, a new future. It's the, the the development of new technology always comes with uh, the change of of old jobs that have become like redundant based on sort of new technological um, uh, parts of society um, and the opening up of new jobs and hopefully the pace at which that happens in which we need to adapt as human beings from old sectors to new sectors um, doesn't actually outpace like our ability to adapt as human beings right exactly so you know i mean it it is like everything else though people forget so quickly like what changed in the last hundred years for example or every 10 or 15 or 20 years because like you know like i I said as an experiment one time i said on linkedin like okay guys like slow down take a deep breath i'm like imagine today turn off everything that you got in the last like 10 years like imagine doesn't exist and do the rest of your work week you know like no cell phones no smartphones forget that right i mean maybe not even a fax machine okay so now think about it like how did we do this you know because some of us were around (laughs) doing this so it's like it's kind of like that only now it's on a bigger scale faster and i think it's going to be very impactful you know, what I thought was cool is that the big universities are really looking into this. There is so much to catch up on yeah. in this, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of um, technologies. There's, there's a lot of room for... There are a lot of things that we really haven't explored on a governmental level, right? Things that... Yes. Right, the reg- how, exactly. We, we don't, don't even know how to approach. To with, but yeah. what I heard Sam Altman say, you know, the chat GPT guy is that he said that right now he thinks that they should just create a, a branch of government that actually is just looking at it because they can't even understand it. But just to look at it and to see what's happening, kind of be plugged in. And this is where he yeah. sees it right now. And I think that's very smart. Yeah, I you think know? there's a real educational issue with making yeah. sure that the people in government who need to understand what's going on technologically do and can keep up with the the regulations that we need as a society in order yeah. to keep our society functioning. But I mean, I'm blown away. I mean, are you using, you must be using it on a regular basis because you, you are developing this this technology, right? To some degree. You're one of the very smart people who actually are doing this behind the scenes. Uh, but I am so impressed. I mean, with what I've seen so far with ChatGPT and I'm just doing the one that's accessible, not even the, you know, whatever the top tier is. Now, you guys have your own version though, right? Of ChatGPT. GPT. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is it called Baird or is it called something Bard, else? Yeah. How do you Bard, pronounce it? Bard. Bard. Okay. Yeah. And Gem- so, Gemini, I think that was. Right. Probably so you guys are going to blow the other guys out of the water. Is that what's going on? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it's friendly competition or whatever, or not sure, so friendly. Sure, okay, friendly competition, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, but hopefully, you know, I mean, I think there's a reality to um, the pace of technological advance of society, of the world as a whole, right? Yeah. Um, and it's that which I am in particular like concerned with, and want to see the most benefit given to society through our AI mm-hmm. development. Um, and I'm less concerned about yeah. sort of 
company to company. Right, exactly. And that yeah. I think that should be the ultimate, right? What mm-hmm. can we do for for the world in general and for people as humans, right? To make it better. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think there's a real... I think it, a real opportunity to exactly. do things like revolutionize like healthcare for people. Absolutely. Um, people forget you, about that part, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, think about diagnosis and the speed of like right now, poor doctors, right? I mean, they yeah. have to, they're really educated guessers. Sometimes they say that even, uh, but you know, it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, that opens up such an opportunity, right? Yeah, to find cures even, and I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's really amazing, and I think we live in an incredible time. We really are. Yeah, we do. And we are in a place on Earth that's that's incredible. You know, I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, how did I not think about it earlier? But it wasn't. There wasn't like an open uh, visitor center before. I don't think. I mean, this is is that the first thing that they opened for Google, or or you could take a tour. I'm not even sure. No, I mean, I think you yeah. could. The main quad. Maybe you, you could, could have. Yeah. You could probably. Yeah, I the... just I just did you know because I knew somebody so maybe I just went to one of the yeah. campuses. But, anyways, um, so Catherine, thank you so much. I'm sorry I've kept you from thank you. taking no, off. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate just it to too. Be clear, I do not speak for Google because they're. Oh they're, no! Of yeah, course yeah. not. No, no, no. This is we're techn- We're just chatting outside here. Yes. We met right now as friendly conversation. So I really appreciate you, you doing that. So thank, thank you, you so much, thank Catherine. Is AI going to replace human beings anytime soon? So the short answer for most things is no. Okay. Um, And it's a complex question because it covers so many different nuances and it varies from industry to industry, from business to business. However, in talking to people and listening to the panels on AI right now, the consensus is that, you know, nothing's going away immediately. Um, However, there are big steps being taken towards development of AI and generative AI right now. And there were sort of two... two, um, two schools of thought when it came to, you know, the immediate AI that most of us have been aware of or and or tried before, like ChatGPT, which is really based on this prompt interaction with a human being where the human being enters a prompt, we call it a prompt, um, it's more than a command. It's kind of, it's a prompt. And, and the, there is a whole engineering that goes into a prompt. But it can be simplified. So the two, two schools of thought that are kind of major and maybe something new is that uh, eventually AI won't be dependent on these prompts and the interaction of a human with it. In other words, it will be able to train itself because the primary reason right now they're allowing this, it looks like, is basically 
AI gets trained every time that we enter a prompt and, you know, it teaches itself, so to speak. And in the future, AI will be able to generate things on its own. Also, you know, it already is in place in this form, but it will probably be developed much deeper in the future is that it will work behind the scenes, so to speak, and it will be more on the uh, construct level, if you will. So it will be actually running sort of in the background doing things. And right now, companies and, you know, organizations are working on adapting this. And so the biggest thing in this is the the people that will adapt will win in this race, so to speak. So in terms of people, let's say, working in tech companies in a function of a project manager, um, the difference is, it's like some people are saying, well, am I going to be replaced? Are these people going to be replaced by this? Um, and the answer is no, but only the people who should be concerned are the people that are not going to adapt. They're not going to jump on the bandwagon and see how AI can make their work more efficient, can help their teams make their work more efficient and not just efficient, but, um, you know, productive. And um, it can cut on a lot of tasks that may take a long time and help uh, in that regard. However, you know, of course, quality control in this is huge. And, you know, even in, in any industry, a lot of what's, uh, what was said today on this panel that I was uh, that was that I was listening to um, was that you know people need to relax and kind of say you know what it's okay I'm gonna just experiment with this a little bit and see how I can use it and so not be not to be afraid to try. There is so much to it, but at the same time, it's just a tool that you're going to use. And, and in the long run, even the, the top people who are right now developing this for huge companies like Meta are saying that it, it can't replace human intuition. And I'm saying, even when you look at these AI-generated, let's say, beautiful landscapes or paintings, pictures... Uh, there is something missing in them. It's almost like you can tell it doesn't have the heart and soul. <laughs> it doesn't have that that oomph, you know, the zing that the human being puts behind them. So I don't think there is any issue with that right now at all. That's where we're at with AI. So hop on the bandwagon when you can. <laughs> Give it a try. Test it out. Take classes. They definitely um, are, you know, promoting and saying, hey, you should sign up for some courses, classes. Uh, even community colleges have them. But, you know, there are lots of online options and uh, and the companies are going to bring them in uh, in-house as well, I'm sure. And even people are going to be appointed and they are advocating for having uh, even an R&D department just dedicated to AI because this is changing so quickly. You do have to have someone an eye over this um, to see how it will affect the future of what, what you can use AI for and how 
best to um, to make it count, basically, for your business and the growth of your business. I have a freebie giveaway right now for you, which is a uh, hundred prompt ideas for real estate that you can use right now in ChatGPT. And you get that when you sign up for my new AI and real estate news uh, email newsletter. And you can do that with a link that I provided to the link tree that's in the description or on my social media on Instagram at relocationgal.gmail.com or at firechat with Mirella podcast. Thank you. And yeah, moving on. Now, remember, you do have to double check everything that comes out of any of these uh, programs because a lot of them are still, uh, they have a cutoff date for of like two years ago for some of the data. And also they are definitely not foolproof, so to speak. So definitely recheck and check everything before you actually use it. And at the same time, it can be a very good tool. It's kind of like having a a virtual assistant. Okay, so I finished watching a series on Netflix that's called Super Pumped. And it's a series about basically how Uber came to be and the trials and tribulations of this whole big um, change that that it had to take. Um, basically, all the changes that had to be implemented in order for this to succeed at the scale that it had and um, all the good, bad, and the ugly that comes along with this, right? With this growth and with this change and, um, and very interesting, very interesting series, very well done. Uh, the acting is really amazing. <laughs> They're really good actors in this. And um, Kyle Chandler, I'm sure you remember if you were watching um, Friday Night Lights, he's famous from that, that um, TV series and others. Um, and uh, let's see, there is, there's some big names in this, um, in this series that you're going to love, but I loved, um, let's see, who is in this? Uma Thurman is there. Uh, she plays Ariana Huffington and she's, it's super cool in it. Um, there's also Joseph Gordon Hewitt, who is the main character basically. And he just, he kills it. He's so good. He has this ice cold smile that follows any definitive statement that he makes and it's like a signature of the actual man i believe because you can see him smiling a lot but that smile is like a stamp <laughs> it's like a stamp like every time he delivers a line that is really consequential especially he kind of seals it with a smile and it's kind of like here it is <laughs> take it or leave it you know it's it's really ballsy really cool um and there's some other people that really deliver really great performances elizabeth shu um annie chang 
John Bass, Jessica Hecht, um, Hank Azaria, Azaria, uh, Bridget Gao, uh, of course, plays a, a, a major role as well. Babak Tafti, and let's see. Um, yeah, so um, Quentin Tarantino is also there. And even, um, let's see, who else did I see there? And there's others. You know, I'm not going to mention everyone because I want you to be also surprised a little bit when you watch it because there is a lot to this, a huge amount to unpack from this. And apparently there's another season signed on, but I believe it's going to be on, uh, actually on the, uh, on the rise of Facebook. I believe it's on Facebook, Meta, <laughs> I think. Um, I'd have to double check on that. But in any case, very interesting, riveting to watch and um, fast-paced. And there is a lot in it. So anyways, that's my dibs on that. I think I am a Swifty, y'all. In fact, I know I am a Swifty in whatever sense of the word you want to say it is. I, uh, I am because I was curious and found out beyond the talent, beyond the music, and uh, there's my research, and I know that Taylor Swift represents so much positivity in this world that needs it so desperately. This has been a production of Do You Eve Media. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.